Welcome to the Jinx Dance Media Podcast. This is your host, Jude, and this is where I'll be chatting to you about how to design and create high-quality dance events and creative dance content. I'll be covering topics ranging from fundraising, marketing, production, content creation, design, and so much more so that you can have all the tools and resources you need to stand out and build genuine connections with your audience. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Jinx Dance Media Podcast. I think it's been like a month since my last podcast, at least. I kind of took September off. I wasn't intending to initially, but I actually got really sick after I came back from my trip to Montreal for Jack of All Trades, and that knocked me out for like two weeks, and then after that, I've just been trying to get caught up. So yeah, (laughs) that's why I've been a little bit MIA, but we are officially back, and I do have a bunch of episodes catalogs that I need to start pumping back out again. So to start off October, we're actually going to be kicking it off with a podcast that I recorded a little while back with Smurf and Alvin. They are two dancers from Arizona and the organizers of the event Hot Zone Sessions, which is actually coming up on October 14th and 15th, and I will be flying out there for their event. This is the second time that I'll be attending their event. I had a great time last time, and so I'm really excited to go out there again. For today's podcast episode, uh, we're really just going to be doing a deep dive into their event Hot Zone Sessions. If you guys haven't tuned into one of my other event deep dive podcast episodes before, the structure is really just going to be us diving deep into their event Hot Zone Sessions, how they put it together, what their roles are, what their journey's been like, challenges, and things that they have felt was very successful so that you can kind of learn from different event organizer's experience and hopefully take that with you if you're interested in organizing events of your own. Or if you're just a fan and interested in seeing the behind the scenes process, this is also a really great thing to tune into as well. So without further ado, uh, we'll go ahead and jump straight into the conversation. My first question to kind of get us started, can you give us some background on your event and what made you decide to put it together? You know, to really understand where Hot Zone kind of came about, right? I think you have to go back to like 2020. 2020 hits. For me, I just get married, I want to say a month or two prior to COVID just kind of like shutting down the world. And during that time, like every event was being done online, right? It came to a point where I was living in LA. I had gotten a promotion at a job and I moved over to Arizona, my wife and our dog and everything that we had that we could fit in two cars right and then i remember being in arizona and i was thinking to myself like okay you know last time i came here was furious styles anniversary and all these people were there so there must be like this huge scene and you know i didn't really know the background of what was going on in that community and i remember seeing a facebook post where smurf the funky mayan was saying that you know he had caught covid i was just like you know let me just reach out you know and at that time me and smurf like I don't even think we were close. I don't even think like we were in each other's like radar. Um, we had battled each other a couple times. And it was just one of those things where it was like I reached out and I was like, yo, like, you know, I'm in Arizona now. And, you know, I just saw that you had COVID. Like, I hope you feel better. And then he was just like, yo, like, you know, when I do feel better, we can kick it and have some sessions. You know, we met up. We just started building community. And during like 
these meetups, which were on Thursdays, we just like dance, talk about life, talk about things that like we had struggled with and everything. And I remember going in his garage one day and I was like, yo, like I want to make an event. I feel like I want to give back to this community. We just like messed around with some names and I was like, what if we call it hot zone session? Cause it's hot in Arizona, you know, it just makes sense. Right. It just kind of came about because I would go to events and during that time there weren't many events, but the ones that I was going to, it just didn't really feel like there was this energy that like I was accustomed to. There was no ciphers and music was kind of up and down. And I remember going to an event and the DJ played the same song three different times. So it was kind of born out of this want of, you know, contribute to the community without necessarily going on social media and just pumping my fist in the air and being like, you guys need to do better. I felt like we could do better and we could be the example of what better can look like. And then Smurf got on board. I was able to kind of get Smurf to do things that he would generally not do. He was like, yo, don't ask me to judge. And then I asked him to judge and he ends up judging the first hot zone. You know, ever since then, like, I felt like he was just kind of like bought into the whole idea of like, hey, like we can make something big out of this, you know? Something that I feel like was left out low key was I've been wanting to learn how to DJ. I think that's one of the big reasons why Hot Zones also came. He was like, I want to DJ an event. The idea eventually was like, why isn't this thing created? And you put yourself in this position to be able to hone on this skill. So I think a lot of that stemmed from like, I've been learning how to DJ. Um, But I think even before that, he started DJing at the sessions. And so he was just getting better and like getting obsessed with the idea of like mixing. And he would just be excited to, to share those things. And then those conversations kind of led to other conversations that we felt about the music sometimes. And I think it is ultimately up to us to take initiative to put ourselves in those positions as well, right? Because like Alvin said, otherwise we're just going to complain and the people that are already up there are going to continue doing what they're doing. And it's not anybody's fault. I think it's just the nature of culture where it progresses and things change and people are into new things and we're not listening to Big Daddy Kane. Like that's not my thing, <laughs> you know, like respect to the older generations who enjoyed those that kind of music and that kind of vibe and that kind of energy, you know, but like ultimately the culture moves forward. And I think for me, one of the biggest things with Hot Zones is that we're always advocating and thinking about the next generation coming up and the youth and the music that they like and the things that they're into. I did put myself in a position where I was like, hey, I'm gonna learn how to DJ. Yo, wouldn't it be dope if like I could DJ an event like this year? My first controller was given to me by Julio and his brother. This little itty bitty controller i downloaded like the first dj software i could and i'm just like trying to learn this stuff i'm getting excited i'm like look 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 what i could do look what i could do just to kind of like give context right i started djing i want to say four months prior to hot zone happening the first time i remember talking to my wife and i was like yo uh i kind of want to really do this and she's like all right well you know how much is it gonna cost and you know like you don't know i'm a few thousand dollars in now and it was just one of those situations where it's like i didn't think it was gonna catch on this well for me i just fell in love with it right hot zone was like the challenge that i gave myself was like can i help in curating this vibe and like being a part of this community in this type of platform you know what i mean you essentially created this opportunity for yourself to start putting yourself in this position of djing an event where instead of relying on having somebody else invite you to come DJ, you're like, no, I'm just going to put on my own event and be the DJ. I think that's really cool. It's a fast shortcut for sure. And I think it just it, it speaks to like <laughs> work ethic and initiative and can do attitude, I guess, you know, to just be like, fuck it, you know, we're, we're going exactly. to get into it ourselves. I was scared. I was like, <laughs> yo, if I mess up, it's, it's curtains, man. It's like, <laughs> it'll never happen again. And I think I messed up like one time. A lot of people don't know this, right? But, the amount of DJs actually DJ in Arizona 
it's probably like the same person DJing all the time. Like no disrespect, right? Like shout out to to Panic, right? He he really pushes it for sure, right? And he's giving me a lot of great gems and everything. But even Panic will say like, "Yo, hire other people, man. Like give other people a, an opportunity." But you know, you have people like Panic, you have Reflection, you have Action, who is a Red Bull three style uh, champion, which is kind of like the Red Bull BC one of DJing. It was kind of wild because a lot of them came to the event and like i remember i messed up i like paused the song out of nowhere and then all i hear them say is like control z control z and i'm like what what so i press it and the song comes back and i'm like yo that's support right there man because it could have been like rookie (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty much like where the origin kind of came about when it comes to hot zone and like putting your your money where your mouth was taking that heat right like if we mess up somewhere right like are we willing to have those conversations with other people set the new bar for what an event can look like? And I think that's something that I can relate to a lot in terms of just like, I feel like a lot of people will get on social media and they'll like complain about everything that they feel like was wrong with an event or things that they think organizers should be doing. And like, that's valid because I think more organizers should be listening to what attendees have to say. Like you're putting on an event for this community and you should be serving that community and therefore feedback from that community should be considered valuable and not something to defend yourself against. But with that being said, like, I also think we do need more people who are willing to set that example and raise the standard, like you said, Mm -hmm. as opposed to just complaining all the time and expecting other people to change things where it's like, you can't control other people, but you can control yourself. So being willing to step up to that plate and put in that work I think is really valuable and we definitely need more people like that. So no, yeah. for sure. You know, it's um I used to be notorious for like when I was younger, I used to be notorious to get on like Facebook and be like, yo, this event sucked, this DJ sucked, this judge is whack, all that stuff, right? And it took someone to sit me down and be like, What do you think is gonna happen after you say that? Right? Like, do you think you're changing something? And I remember this OG just coming up to me. He was like, you got to put your money where your mouth is, right? And I was like, what does that even mean? And then I would talk to organizers. And like, I think a lot of people fail to realize if you break even at an event, you've done great. And you can attest to that, right? Like how many times have you gone over budget during Out of the Shadows? You know, people think like when we charge like, okay, like 20 bucks or like $15 for an entry. It's like, oh man, this guy must be milking so much money. It's like, no, there's so much overhead that needs to get paid for. Yeah, it's like sometimes like it just comes out of pocket, but it's so fulfilling to know that the decisions that you've made in planning just come to fruition and you just see so many people in that moment enjoy the fruits of your labor. You know, I can definitely relate to that. And I agree too. like, (laughs) it's funny, like we've had so many conversations around just that, which is like the entry fee. And there's always the conversation of like, well, how much do we charge so that we're actually like able to afford some of this stuff but at the same time make it affordable so that it's still an accessible event for people so that's a conversation that we're continuously having all the time and yeah it's definitely really challenging but I do think at the end of the day it's all worth it when you get to see like just how much value you're bringing to people personally it like really does give that sense of fulfillment of like there's like a bigger purpose to what you're doing. With that being said, uh, my next question, could you give me a better understanding of what each of your respective roles are in the planning process and then maybe break down 
like what your timeline looks like, your budget, scope, any technical details that goes into like, this is how we put the event together just so we can get like a bigger idea of that. I think Alvin and I work really well in that, like there's no overlap in his responsibilities and my responsibilities. There's definitely conversations of like, is this a good idea or is this not a good idea? But I don't think there's an overlap in like micromanaging each other or policing how the other person navigates these things. Um, but actually, Hot Zones 3 wasn't going to happen because it was coming out of pocket. We don't break even. We're not here to make money or to break even. Like, I enjoy this process and I enjoy making this because I know that I don't have, like, family, right? My parents aren't really here. And so I remember dance and community and these events give me, like, hope and a reason to continue, like, practicing. And I think ultimately, like, living, you know, despite everything that I was feeling at the time, I had a lot of dark negative thoughts and it was just not a good experience for me i know that going to an event and getting to see people and being in community with others just doing all of these community things definitely inspired me to keep going and so i think that whole experience for me was something that developed me as a person you know taught me grit and resilience and perseverance and so something for me is like i wouldn't be here without community at the end of the day it's like we just want to pay it forward and i think that's one of the ways that we do that by creating these experiences for the people coming you know, right behind us. And I think you're talking about feedback. All feedback is respected and appreciated, but I think Alvin knows that the feedback that I personally care the most about is the youth feedback, the feedback of the people that are younger than us, right? The the high schoolers, the early 20s, that's kind of who I focus on when, when I do receive feedback because they're the ones that are going to keep going and they're the ones that are like, hey, these are our ideas. This is what we like. This is what we don't like. And, you know, we don't have to agree with everything, but I definitely do want to know at least, you know, take a temperature check of where they're at. But uh, Hoslin Studio wasn't going to happen because it is a lot of money. It is, most of it was out of pocket. For the first one, like Alvin funded the whole thing by himself. For the second one, it was more like 50-50, but in in a way of like, I got a grant. So it wasn't like my money that we were using, you know? But I know that I still put up some of that money. Um, and I still came out of pocket for a couple of things, you know? But Alvin also put like the biggest chunk of those things. And then, you know, Alvin just became a father right before Hot Zones 2. It was like, you know, I'm a dad now. I have all these responsibilities. I have to provide and financially it doesn't make sense to try to like lose money making these events right and then also being a father and taking care of your your baby so he was like you know i don't think this is going to happen and i was like all right how about if if i can get this thing fully funded are you down to do the rest right because i'm not i'm not the promoter i'm not the networker you know i'm just like i'm a good ass writer and i know how to articulate and so i wrote a bunch of grants i think we ended up getting like four or five grants but th these weren't like Hot zone session specific grants. Like as we've done these things, like a lot of these grants are for other projects that we pay ourselves and then we pull our money to fund hot zones. So it's like these grants aren't like specific for hot zones. So whether it's mentorship programs or free classes during the summer, like that's how we're able to fund hot zones by putting by still putting on for the community for free and having the city, you know, pay us and the people that we're collaborating with. And then we pull our money together once we're paid out and then we put that towards hot zones. And that's kind of how we were able to create that. So it was kind of like a, it's almost become like a cool little ecosystem of like, we're still creating community, you know, with the Thursday sessions, with the free classes, with the mentorship programs. And then we're funneling that into creating this big event that's like culminating all of these other experiences. Um, and we're inviting a bunch of people from the community. That's kind of how we were able to pay for hot zones and all of these things. And I think lastly too, it's gonna be low-key controversial, um, but I feel like we don't work with anybody whose heart we don't know. And what that means is we hire our homies. We hire the people that we love. And we hire the people that we know are solid. At the end of the day is like, 
I have homies that I see so much potential in that other people may not be engaging with in the same way. And it's like, all right, let me, let me have other people see these people's um, talents. But even for like the DJs, like the hip hop DJ is Alvin's student and the DJ for the Cyphers is my brother, you know? And it's like, these are just people that we love and care for that we want to provide opportunities for. And it's like, and they're also very talented. And then for the judges, same thing, right? Like people that we've grown up with, people that we've known for the last 10 years. I don't think there's a judge. There's one judge on there that we're more new to, but most of those judges, like I've known for almost a decade. Kind of going back to what he was saying about like when he came up to me, he was like, hey, I think we should do Hot Zone 3. And I was like, nah, it's not happening this year. And I think a lot of people asked, they were like, hey, like, you know, Hot Zone 2 is so dope, man. So when's Hot Zone 3? And I'd be like, well, you know, like I threw my hands up in the air. I was like, you know? And he was like, yo, like, how do you feel? I was like, dude, like, I'm tapped out. I'm in debt. I'm still paying for Hot Zone 2. December, I'm, I'm not with it. January, I'm still not with it, right? And he literally said, like, hold my beer. And he's like, comes back one day. He's like, yo, I got this grant. I got this grant. And I got this grant. And I got this grant. And I'm like, how much? And he tells me the figure. And I'm like, yo. He's like, how much of it do we need? And I was like, bro, we only need 30% of that. Wow. That's yeah. really impressive. Uh, he doesn't give himself enough credit for that, right? But he says four grants. All the grants that you wrote, what's your success rate right now? It's like six out of seven. You see what I'm saying? So it's like he came back with four. And then in the midst of playing, he's like, yo, I got another one. Bro, are you getting all this? He's like, bro, I got another one. To answer the question of the roles, right? If Hadzon was was a business, he's the CFO. Because the way that he kind of like brought it all together financially, it just made sense. And I remember like talking to my wife about it, right? And like, by the way, if you're married and you're doing these things, like for I commend you. If you're married and with a child and you're doing this, like I commend you, right? I literally go up to her and I'm like, yo, I told you we weren't going to do it. I think we're going to do it, but we're not paying for anything. And she was like, oh, word, yeah, go ahead. Him just kind of like really stepping up. I really feel like we have something that we can't just leave at a two. Just kind of like really inspired me to just be like, what can I do, right? So, you know, my role is is more on the promotional side. I partner with Desiree from Florida. I like draw up the logo. Her and I, like we partner on ideas and like everything from like, let's get the judges to send us a 4K video of themselves not nothing like 1080p or 720 because we want to shoot in excellence right even like timeline and things like that and that's what he means when he says like there's no overlap because there's times where i'm like yo i can't do this right now can you like pick up he'll be like yeah for sure and there's times where he's like yo i'm not really feeling it can you pick this up yo i got you originally hot zone was supposed to be a team effort for the third one because last year it was just smurf and i after hot zone was done and all the judges were flown back and everything i took like the hugest nap you know like i disconnected i just i couldn't do it right and it took me like i think like two weeks to really like really wrap my head around like what just happened i was beat i couldn't go to work and like be 100 percent. like i was just like dead in the water so like the fact that we're able to do it again and you know we're still doing it with just two people where we're kind of like footing a lot of it whether it's financing or whether it's networking whether it's promotions whether it's you know just like checking in on people and being intentional the roles don't overlap but we we complete between the two of us and I think that's super essential, right? It's super essential, especially when you're doing an event. You know, Out of the Shadows is a great example of what an event looks like when it's super organized, but you have a team behind you, right? Same thing can be said about Versus Style VS Festival. In any major event, right, like when you have a team that like everyone has the same goal, you see it 
in its fruition, right? You see it in how from the moment you walk in through those doors to the music that you listen to, to how the judges are just like all aligned to scheduling and like either you end on time and if you're late, like you're being intentional with people's time. It's a lot of moving parts. And if you and your team aren't fully aligned, it's very easy to get lost. I guess our roles, you know, you can't really define it because we don't have like just, you're the one who's going to talk to other judges or <laughs> you're the one who's going to do all the bookings. Like, no, like we just equally do it. I'll tell them like, hey, this is the best time to buy a flight. Cool. We bought the flight. Hey, how are we organizing this? How are we cross-promoting on multiple platforms, right? And that's why I say it's a two-headed dragon. We do a lot to make sure that this goes off with as little mistakes as possible. It takes a lot between he and I to kind of get this going, you know? I mean, that makes a lot of sense. It's really important to have people who balance you out in terms of like, we have skill sets and uh, qualities that complement each other. I think that's what makes Shadow Puppets really great is that we're all very different in the things that we enjoy doing and the things that we're good at and we all complement each other. It definitely took some time to find our flow because at first there was a lot of like communication challenges. And I think that's with any big stressful event that you're putting together with a team or even just with a couple of people for the first time, like you have to learn how each other communicates, how each other deals with stress and like I think being able to get through that point and still come out the other side not hating each other is like really impressive. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just really impressed with what you guys have been able to put together with just the two of you. It's a lot of work. And Alvin, like serious like props to you for being able to do this with the whole family to take care of as well. Like I can only imagine the amount of like responsibility and prioritization that it takes. So one of the things that I think Alvin and I also keep in the forefront is like, we don't expect for the community to finance this. I'm not looking to tax people for this. I'm trying to choose my words carefully because I'm not a negative on anybody, but I just think it's a peace of mind thing. But we're not trying to rely on later money. You know what I'm saying? We want to make sure that we do have all the funds. And I know that you were asking for like the budget and our budget was like about 10K to throw the event. And we're definitely not spending all of that. And I think some of that can even go to, you know, Hot Zones 4. Like I'm already applying for other grants already just... Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't happen, it's just like, we're still going to produce and provide what we have. But yeah, we're just making sure that like, there's no loose ends, that there's no potential for like, doing somebody dirty, not paying somebody. But yeah, and a lot of the money that we're going to make for this is just going to go to grant taxes. You know what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. so there's no, we're not getting rich off of this. Like nobody's making any money. Like I can't make a career out of this for sure. That, that was another thing I was going to ask. You guys are not an official nonprofit. Are you guys working with a nonprofit as, as a fiscal sponsor? Or are these all grants that you're ap like you're able to apply for as an individual artist? Yeah. yeah. So the way that he does it, a lot of these grants that you can apply for, you don't need a nonprofit or even an LLC to even qualify for those. Some of these grants is like, we'll fund someone to learn a new skill. He just knows how to write it out. But basically, it's like, uh, I'm trying to learn how to be a photographer and I am going to need this grant money so that I can buy this equipment and yada, yada, yada. And then you put in your budget and all that stuff. And they're like, cool, money. It sounds weird, right? Like when you say, because you know how like sometimes you'll scroll through your feed like on instagram like through your reels and it's like stop right there there's money laying around that the government wants you to have but you have not claimed yet click this link it's like it's literally that easy without your phone getting hacked by like a billion people that's how easy smurf makes it the reason why we do it the way that we do is because we never want to rely on other people to make sure that an event that we want to curate 
is going to happen, right? We're going to take that responsibility, that burden and everything. We're always going to go into some type of debt doing these events, right? But I think the biggest payout is the fact that we're able to pay it forward to people that do live off of this stuff. Whether you win the event, whether you're a judge, whether you're a DJ, like we want to make sure that we take care of our people and that we're able to do that without necessarily taxing the community in any kind of way, feeling like now we have to over deliver. Yeah. My next question was, what are some challenges that you guys have faced while putting hot zone sessions together? I became a dad. <laughs> that was like my <laughs> biggest challenge, man, is like trying to navigate fatherhood while also curating a, an event that in its own became bigger than we anticipated and just trying to make time for making sure that you know nothing kind of slipped through the cracks and i feel like every year there was like a challenge first year it was just like i'm just doing it on my own because smurf wasn't at a point where he was able to really like you know assist in a lot of ways the second year was like you know us splitting everything 50 50 and then boom my daughter's born and i'm navigating being a dad and like literally had to take a you know, paternity leave, not just from my regular job, but also from planning Hot Zone. I think just day to day is always a challenge, especially when you're doing an event like this one. But that's just for me. It's hard to answer the question because like, I think when it's a labor of love, this doesn't really feel like work. Writing grants doesn't feel like work. I'm sure if I had gotten a couple more no's on the grants, we might be a little bit like, uh, we're going to cut it close. But I think even with that, like we do a lot of community work. A lot of the programs that we offer and the programming that we do is free. And so I think that puts us in a position where people want to support and help and partner up, right? Where it's like, you know, maybe we're not paying for the venue, but we're exchanging, we're teaching free classes or we're putting, you know, our skills on the line or, you know, maybe these judges aren't going to tax us as much because they are our friends and they are people that we've grown up with and they know how much money we're putting into this and we're being transparent. And another reason why we work with people that we, we know and that are friends is because like, I don't want to run into a judge that I don't vibe with, you know? And then I feel like such an asshole for trying to set this whole event with somebody that I'm not friends with, you know? I want to work with people that I know are professional, mindful, respectful, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think like that makes perfect sense that you want to work with people who are reliable and people that you can trust because the people that you have at your event create the vibe of your event ultimately so i think another challenge that we've kind of been presented with sometimes is so you kind of find like big events like these where like your judge panel is always people who are like much older than we are and it's no disrespect for like the ogs and everything the dances are where they are today because of the sacrifice that they've made right but like we're very mindful to what our new generation is coming into those were our ogs our generation are that new generation's ogs what we want to do is we want to be able to create an event where we're highlighting the people in our generation that are paving the way for the next generation and julio kind of alluded to that we're very meticulous in the way that we kind of pick people not just because you know they're dope at what they do but they're our friends and we kind of have an idea of what to expect from them and they also have an idea of what to expect from us. We're very clear on what we are willing and not willing to do. Everybody who's ever kind of like signed on to be either a judge or a DJ or like even a host or whatever, like they not only understand that, but they respect us for that as well. It's hard because like, of course, it'd be dope to have an event where you have like a friend, hey, but it's like these guys get enough opportunities everywhere else. How are we able to make sure that our event creates that opportunity for someone who doesn't get to judge a, a, a huge event? I just want to add to that, too. Like, I think a conversation that I've had with quite a few people recently, actually, is like this idea that the same people are always judging because there's not like a lot of 
what we would consider qualified judges to go around, especially for like specific style events. And I think part of that is like we need to be creating more opportunities so that people can get more experience and therefore we have more options for more qualified judges for our events Mm -hmm. and if you're not creating those opportunities in the first place no one's going to be able to get that experience no definitely with that being said i feel like you guys have already touched on this a little bit but if you want to expound i just want to give you the chance to do so what elements of your event were you like most proud of or did you feel were like the most successful and why yeah we definitely did touch on that the idea that we're hiring our peers even last year like we, we would say this as a joke but it was like nobody over 30 on a panel that's what i'm proud of for sure i don't know what alvin alvin can share no for sure uh, i think for me what i'm most proud of is having the same lineup of djs for three years straight and not one person has been tired of it. i think for me music is a huge part of the success and failure of an event one of my proudest things sometimes is like seeing the comments when we post like a battle clip and someone's like oh my gosh what's that song right and they're trying to like shazam in they can't find it and i'm like your boy's been digging i'm just really proud of that and another thing that i am really proud of is you know the same thing that julio's saying right like just super proud of the fact that we're able to hire our friends and hire people from our generation and people that we've known for you know, years, you know, like a decade or from day one. Last year, our hip hop panel, most of it was from Florida. Like these are people I remember pushing into ciphers to now seeing their success in the game. And it's just like, yo, man, I remember when you just, you were afraid of the cipher. Huge shout out to the ones that we have on our panel this year, right? Like Armani, one of the most consistent poppers after like literally being retired. He really pulled like a Jay-Z on this where he was like, yeah, this is my last album. He came back with like the, the bangers after bangers after bangers. Rishi, I remember when Rishi just like would be in LA and trying to find himself to now being like, literally like someone when he walks into a room and it's a battle, people just start sucking their teeth. Like, oh, damn it, he's here. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Just having that type of respect now, his skill level, like it's it's amazing to see. I'm just really proud of the work that we've done. I'm proud of the name that Hot Zone has, just how much people look forward to it happening. Oh, one more thing I do want to share is I think a big part of the success that we found is that we also support everybody else. We're traveling, we're in Chicago, we're in LA, we're in Vegas. We're also investing our own money into supporting other people and showing up for them too. And it's like, yo, we see you, this is great work. And we wanna show up and participate and also put our energy into these things. And so I'm really proud that we're still very active within the community and we'll still smoke everybody. <laughs> Not for nothing, Ohio has eluded me for two years now. I won an event in Arizona and they were like, yo, like this event is partnering with 10K. Do you think you can go since you won this event? And I'm like, yo, my wife is like eight months pregnant at that time. I can't go. And then this time I'm like, yo, I'm ready. I'm at the airport and everything. And these guys call like, yo, man, our flight got canceled. I'm like, oh. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Next year. We're planning next year. it better next year for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Rule of thumb, plan your... I will say, like, going to Cleveland, it is kind of in the middle of the rural Midwest a little bit. So it's definitely... It's it's hard it's hard to get out to Cleveland, of all places. Yeah, we're lucky that we're within driving distance. I think that makes getting there a lot easier. But you guys have to fly, like, all the way out to Cleveland. We gotta fly Um, everywhere, low-key. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I'm not doing a a six-hour drive to LA anymore. With that being said, what are you guys most looking forward to for this year's Hot Zone session? Oh, the four-day week. This year, we have a four-day planned instead of just, like, Saturday, Sunday. It's, like, Mm -hmm. if people want to come in sooner, 
all our judges are most likely going to be there Thursday. And like I said, it's like almost an ecosystem within itself where it's like the sessions have been happening for the last three years. That's kind of what inspired us. We started doing other things like we call it a potluck, potluck where we just get together, chill, make some food and then the battle and then the workshops. And so every day there's something planned. Like we already have, you know, the, the place is locked in. Um, we know who's responsible for what. And so I think being able to have somebody come Right. Because sometimes you travel somewhere and then you try to hang out with somebody and then maybe it's like, oh, I'm doing this, but they're doing this. So we're not going to really have time to link up. Um, Yeah, I feel that. (laughs) Sometimes it gets a little bit hard. Right. It's like, where do you want to go? What do we do? I don't know this place. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. it's all right. Well, let's let's set something up to where like, you know where to go. Like if you want to hang out during the day, you know, visit the city, go on a hike or something. Don't go on a hike in the summer in AZ. You're going to you're going to (laughs) die. But like at the end, towards the end of the night, like you come to the session, come to this potluck, come to the event, come take some workshops. And so I'm excited to just create those memories. I like seeing other events doing the exact same thing. We didn't do it first, right? But it's like really cool to see like how, for example, like I saw stories about Ohio, how 10K had that kickback day, right? Like yeah. we were able to like write their names on a wall, like tag it and everything. And I think it's things like that, right? Where... You know, it takes away from this thought process of like, I'm only here to compete. Mm-hmm. You go from that to like, oh, I'm here to like actually build community. And then sometimes me and Julio will talk about like, yo, do you know this guy? I'm like, yeah, like, how did you find it? It's like, oh, he came to our event. Like he came kicking. It's like, oh, sweet. Like I spent time in his apartment, whatever, yada, yada, yada. But it's like these little pockets of times where like breaking bread with these people is like not being able to have an event, make an excuse to be like, hey, by the way, we're going to have this potluck. Julio and I, even though we say like we do most of the heavy lifting when it comes to hot zone, it's a testament to the relationship we've been able to make with people within our community, both locally and nationally having someone come up to us and be like yo like wouldn't it be dope if we had like a potluck during hot zones yo that's a dope idea let's just make it official yo wouldn't it be dope if a session that we do on thursdays is like the kickoff to hot zone might as well and as we're learning and as we're like doing these things we're going to continue raising the bar every year right and that's the the exciting part about the whole thing and i will add too that like my favorite thing about most of the events that i've been to have been literally just like these opportunities to create memories and connect with people. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of times the event and the competition is just one excuse for everyone to get together, but it doesn't always have to be the thing that you go for. I think there's so much more value that can be had from events like this. Like the competition is just one element to it. And I think my favorite parts about the events I've been to have been sessions that we've had in like living rooms with people or just going and getting food together and getting to know people on like a personal level and like building that personal connection and that sense of community. That's not just within the context of dance and within the context of a competition in a battle setting, but it's also just like us as people because we are more than just dance at the end of the day. Word. I think something that we have found as well that's really important is that you're going to cheer more for people that you would like. And if you're never given an opportunity to break bread with somebody and and figure out those things that you like about them, we're going to be on a dead ass event, you know, like nobody's going to cheer for each other. Everybody's in competition. You don't want to see anybody win. But like when you really mess with people and you really like enjoy somebody's company and personality, you want to see everybody win. That's one of my favorite things as well that I'm looking forward to, to have these two days of creating community and then seeing how that translates into the competition space. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. I'm really excited to see how um, everything culminates 
culminates this year. So my final question, do you guys have any final thoughts, advice, or maybe like takeaways, things that you guys want to add that would be helpful for anyone else who's looking or thinking about starting their own event that would be similar to Hot Zone sessions? I have a couple of things. One, just start, start small. I think sometimes we try to start something and like, we don't see the engagement that we're looking for, or we don't see the numbers that we were hoping for. I think we are blessed that Alvin and I have had so much experience that we came to it at the right time. But like as a younger person, for example, looking at us that hasn't traveled as much as we've traveled, that hasn't probably won as much as we've won, that is starting like from the very, very bottom, like they're not going to see the success that we have, right? Because even though we're new to the event organizing space, like here in Arizona, we're not new to having built up all of those skills that require us, right? Whether it's writing, community building, networking, sharing space, being kind, being respectful, being professional. We've, we've already built up those skills. And so I, I would encourage people to like, just work on work on what you're doing, work on yourself, work on your dreams. Um, and they may not translate, everything might not translate directly to what you're doing, but eventually it'll all culminate. Alvin and I started the session and it was just he and I for like six months almost. And then after that, it was just four of us every week. And then after that, it was six and then eight. And then three years later, there's like 25, 35, 40 people sometimes. We'll have guests come in from like out of state. Be like, yo, I heard you have these sessions. Who are you coming through? It's like, hell yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. yeah so. And it builds, it builds this snowball effect. And I think the last thing I want to say is like, especially with grant writing, we started doing the sessions and then I used that language and that space advocate for why we need more money to create some more some more of these spaces mm -hmm. and then i use that footage to then write another grant and say see this is the product of this money let us recreate something different and right and so like um everything that we're producing we're archiving and we're documenting and we're using that to then help us get bigger grants right because mm -hmm. now i'm applying for a festival grant and it's like hey we have three years of doing hot zones, right? If we were coming in year one, it's like, well, what do you have to show for it, you know? And so making sure that you build like intentionally. A lot of us already host sessions. A lot of us are already DJing and it's like, just put that into words. Like, how are you creating a space? How are you articulating this energy that you're creating or this value that you're putting out? The Surgeon General just released an advisory on how loneliness is an epidemic. This is the shit that I think about, right? I read that and now I'm just like, how can I write a grant to address this epidemic that the Surgeon General released? Oh, we're creating these spaces of community where we're teaching free classes so that people that are underserved within these communities can go ahead and participate and address this exact issue with loneliness. And so these are the things that I think about. And it's like, all I got to see is a screenshot somewhere. And I'm just like, bet. All right. I already have a 500 word explanation as to how I'm going to advocate for something or create a, some programming. And this becomes like the snowball effect, right? Like if we didn't have the sessions and if we didn't have Hot Zones 1, we wouldn't have been able to do Hot Zones 2. And if we didn't do Hot Zones 2, we wouldn't have been able to do Hot Zones 3. So I think sometimes we we don't see what the end goal is and we expect this big return on our investment. And sometimes it doesn't work that way. You know, sometimes you have to like build it up really slowly. And I think now it feels big, right? That it's been three years, but also it's been three years. I think those are just my two pieces of advice. Start small, stay committed and do it because you love it. If you don't do it because you love it, it's just going to be a lot of unnecessary, tedious work. And two, fucking invest in your flyers. If you have a shitty flyer, I'm not going to your event. I'm not spending 400 bucks on a flight. That translates to everything else, right? It's like you couldn't even invest in the presentation of your product. Like, how do I expect for you to put that kind of effort into the production of the event that you're putting on? Best, like presentation, 
camera quality, free drinks, free water. Like we're not shout out to we're shout not out for the pizza. Thank you. Right. And You're it's welcome. like these things, right? These things are, are really impactful where it's like, we're really not here to make money. Like we got water for you guys. So you guys can have a good time and not have to worry about being hydrated, you know, especially in the desert where we're at. So it's like, even those little quality of life kind of things, we do have to be intentional. And sometimes we create these low quality events because we don't have the funding, but there are people that have done this work and it's like, just check in, find a mentor. Alvin, I want to give you a chance to speak, but really quickly, there are a few things, Julio, that you mentioned that I just want to like kind of chime in on and also like reinforce what you're saying. So one with the design and branding stuff, I do have a separate podcast episode with prototype on that. So anyone interested in that, highly recommend going back and listening to that. We really dive into what you were talking about in terms of like the value of design and how it communicates like what your event is about and also just like the quality of the event that you're putting on so highly recommend that two going back to what you first started talking about in terms of just like starting small I think a lot of people want to rush and like get ahead of themselves in like a lot of instances they see these big events and they're like oh I want to go and put on this big production but they haven't really like done the work to like kind of get to that point. And so there's a lot of gaps in like their knowledge and their experience. And then a lot of things fall through the cracks. But also too, like with Shadow Puppets, we started doing sessions as well. It's exactly the same thing that we started with. And we were doing that for a couple of years before we even considered putting on an event. And it wasn't like we started the sessions because we wanted to put on an event. Mm -hmm. The event was just a natural progression of like a need that we saw in our community. And therefore we were trying to fulfill that need as opposed to like, I just want to put on a cool event. So that's just one thing that I just want to kind of like, I guess, agree with you on. Mm -hmm. Alvin, I'll let you um, chime in your final thoughts. Yeah, my final thoughts. A few things, right? So, and I remember talking to, to Desiree and Brian out of Tampa about this, right? It was like during like this dance workshop. But they asked this question, they were like, how do you make an event kind of like pop, right? And I always kind of say this, if this is your baby, you're going to nurture it, you're going to raise it, you're going to take care of it, you're going to invest a lot, not just financially, right? But you're going to invest your time and your resources, you're going to pour your heart and soul. There's so many times where I'll see events happen, and I can tell how much time you actually put into the event by the quality of the event and the people who come to that event, right? And I'm not saying that there's like this echelon of like, these quality people and like this quality of people right it's more so just like if your event's not ran in a way where you know the organization speaks for itself and so many things just fall through the cracks you didn't plan your event you rented a space and you put music in there and you thought this was going to happen and it didn't what ends up happening is you leave people wanting for more and not in a way where it's like they look forward to the next installment of your event but they look forward to someone raising the bar finally. When it comes to the event, like you have to brand. Branding is super important. Branding comes in a lot of forms, right? Whether it's a logo, whether it's how you make your flyers, whether it's the theme, whether it's, you know, like the type of people that you're inviting, the aesthetics, everything, right? Like I'm, I'm really huge on that. When we did Hot Zone the second year, right? We were like, we want to have a venue where people come in and they're thinking to themselves, holy shit this place is amazing and i think you noticed that right like the studio that we we did first and foremost was not our first choice but because of the relationship that we built with not only the studio owner but the studio owner and some of the staff knew uh doc who we did out of the shadows uh, with when we were los mas buscados but i think it's his cousin painted that mural yeah brother-in-law his brother-in-law sent rock sent rock is 
huge in the Chicago community, especially when it comes to tagging and graphing, right? Doesn't he have a lot of murals here? I think Alex has mentioned it yeah, before. Yeah, so and we, that, we've passed some and he's always pointing them out. Yeah. I'm like, that's so cool. That rock is known for um, the the kid with the red bird head, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cardinal. Yeah, the cardinal, yeah. And it's like just those little little pieces those little finite details like makes your event right people can come back and be like yo like i went to this event called the hot zone they had like this mural in the studios and it's like shout out to students for having something like that so that when you have these events it's these little details that make the event you know like having those decals like out of the shadows last year you had a decal in the middle of the floor made it look even more official you didn't have that the year before because this is your baby you want to help it grow you want to continue to make it you know, go further and further and further to a point where it's like, oh, shit, like these guys put in some work, right? My other piece of advice is like everything I just said, none of that shit comes overnight. It's not something that we wake up and we're like, we're going to make this dope event. The first hot zone, I always say like it was a trial and error. It was an open style battle. And the reason why it was an open style battle is because we wanted to have everybody come in. And then we started to see that there was this need in the community for more single style battles. So originally, Hot Zone was only going to be a popping battle. And then we introduced the idea of like, well, what if it's a popping battle and a hip hop battle? We flirted with the idea of other categories that come in in later installments, right? So this doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes what I see is like people who never made an event will have all these different things happen in their event. They haven't budgeted their time and they haven't budgeted their resources and it's it flops. The best part of the event was when it ended. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it sucks to say that, right? And, you know, like, yeah. and I'm not throwing shade at anybody, but it's also like learning lesson. Yeah. It does not happen overnight. And anybody who tells you it's easy to do does not put enough of their resources to make sure it's a quality event. Sure, can the format be more familiar? Absolutely. I guarantee you, you will run into a challenge at some point that you're going to be like, what the hell do I do now? Even like some of the people who've been doing events for years, like Cross One with Freestyle Sessions, I'll see hiccups happen in their event and I see how they deal with it. That's experience. And then my last piece of advice, plan early and save time promote early and save time and the reason why i say that is because i get tired of being asked to go to events and it's happening next week and it's across the country why didn't i hear about your event you know what i mean like and then you're going to be like oh i've been incumbent support it's like no like you didn't give me enough time to get my money up so that i can buy this hotel buy this plane ticket that's going to be 400 plus dollars and then i have to put money aside for food and for lodging and transportation you know what i mean it's like I'm not going to an event that's for $1,000 the next day. I'm not doing that, right? Because I'm going to spend way more of my money to go there for a chance to not even win that. Imagine being invited to someone's birthday party and it's an hour in and they're like, oh, by the way, you're invited. Like, I'm not showing up. The heck? What? Why would I go? It's frustrating because you could be doing so much more for your event if you promote early. We promote Hot Zone six months in advance. So that people can get on board and be like, yo, it's time to get with it. If I miss out, it's because I just wasn't able to do it. Not because I didn't learn about Hot Zone early enough. Out of Shadows is a great example. Like you guys promote literally year round. Like we're like, okay, like we're waiting to see when you guys drop the date. And you drop the date 
literally in the middle of your event. It's like, okay, cool. So now we have something to look forward to. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think we already have the save the date like in our profile on Instagram exactly. and on our website. We're like next year, same weekend. But it's, but it's gonna be there. It, it's just <laughs> it's things like that that make an event successful because you're garnering people's attention and mm-hmm. you're garnering people's expectation. Don't promote your, your event a month in advance. Like no one's gonna show up. And there's so many dancers who are in the same point of life that I'm in, whether they're fathers or or mothers or or they're married or they have to take care of so many people. These people also wanna enjoy your event. It's a disservice to them for you to be like, all right, we're going to make this event uh, next week and we expect everybody to show up. Like, that's not fair. I wanted to mention that you guys both kind of touched on. So one thing that like, I think a lot of people, like I've noticed this, I've had people who've come to me and ask me for like my help or my advice on planning an event that's like a month and a half from now or like a month from now. They don't know who's going to judge. They don't have a venue. And it's kind of like, you have a month, a month and a half to put this together and you have nothing planned and then the thing that i've noticed it's always the common factor i'm like do you have a budget and they're like no they always have something that they want to put the event on for they're like i want to put on for the community or i want to put on to represent x y and z every time i'm like maybe like would you consider pushing this event back by one year and taking the time to find funding figure out what your budget is figure out what your actual plans for this event are and actually put like this quality effort into it so that you can better fulfill that goal that you have to put on for the community or to represent whatever it is that you're trying to represent. And every time I ask this question, they're like, "Mm." and then they like go off and then they do the event and it's not great. And so it's just like, sometimes I think we need to like pause and like ask ourselves is what we're doing actually adding value or is it just detracting value by creating what's going to be a negative experience for people because it is a poorly put together event and i think there's nothing wrong with taking your time to put an event together like you don't need to rush and put it together for next month or two months from now you can wait six months you can wait a year to put this event on so that you can do it with quality effort as opposed to rushing it and so that's just something that i also just want to throw out there and like recommend is like i see all too often people are just trying to scramble to put something together i'm like it doesn't need to be a scramble like you can put this together whenever you want to put it together that's a really good point right it's very easy especially when you're able to do something like that to be like i'm just gonna make it happen that's like we said in the beginning like we were originally not gonna do hot zone because i didn't feel like i could put in the energy and the finances to make it happen that year just being able to be willing to do something like that is just like a testament of yo like if it's not there just don't do it right like it's it's okay to just be like no not this year right now if you can you can figure it out you know kudos to you but give yourself that time there was actually there was one last point that i wanted to make say this with all love pay the media pay your djs pay your judges and and pay your talent just pay people and like be upfront with them. The first thing I told Julio when we did uh, last year's was we're going to pay our judges before they even come in because we want to show them how serious we are about this whole situation. And also we write contracts. We're very meticulous on the wording that we do, not just to hold our staff accountable, but to hold ourselves accountable as well, right? Contract is a double-edged sword. And depending on where it is, we could fall on it or they could fall on it, right? But like, we just want to make sure that there's equal parts to risk for all parties. Pay your staff. Be mindful of that stuff. 
Awesome. Well, thank you guys both so much for joining me on this podcast today. It was a pleasure just trying to understand more of your process and understand like more of where you guys are coming from in terms of like putting hot zone sessions together. And I had a really good time and I feel like I've learned a lot about both of you. So everyone who's listening, if you have not rated my podcast five stars already, please do so because it really helps me out. And I will talk to you all next week. Bye. Peace.